What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of HCS Weekly. I'm your host, T-Squared. And if you're wondering, yes, this show is live, so I'll be trying to keep up with you guys in the chat. We're at the UGC Studios, and HCS London is next week, so you better, well, this weekend, so you better be hype. And it's going down Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The best teams and players are already flying out there right now to get their prize money. $135,000 is up for grabs. We're going to have a stack show for you. Onset from Gfinity is going to be joining us a little later down the road. We're going to break down HCS London for you. Last week, we had Tashi, we had Clutch, we had Spartan, and Ryanoob from Trifecta and Elevate. And today, we are also bringing in the community spa and someone I'm super stoked to introduce you guys in case you don't know him already. His name is Alexander, and he's bringing hope to the competitive five Halo 5 content that's going down. Check out this clip right here and see him talking about the young god, Shotzi. This entire sequence is the definition of 20HX. Shotzi's gonna fall down, take out the first player with the shotgun, thrust slide forward to the yard. Now look for two springs in this clip as he moves up on the hallway, takes out the first player with the pistol. He'll thrust slide, scope in the shotty for maximum damage to get that double kill and a killing frenzy. So you already know he's on a tear. Now here's the first spring off the floor, spring jump up to top yellow. Now watch this, bounces off a sign, well applying pressure, he'll jump, bounce off a second sign, clambers up, continues to shoot this player with a double beat down to take him out now jumps up to the window spring jump number two spring thrust up to top yellow apply pressure on this opponent in the yard now one two three four dude he takes out the second player for a double and flies forward and he'll get averaged by the third player but what the heck <laughs> to the show man the shy way thank you so much for joining us Thank you for having me, man. You had to throw the uh, the cheesy last name line in there too, using bringing hope for the community. I was working. <laughs> I was on waiting that for one. somebody to do it. I was work yeah. I was working on that one in the mirror. I'm like, do we bust this out? I was like, let's go for it. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, uh, be so, prepared for that, I guess. So first of all, man, I love your content. I think that you're doing a great job. If you guys haven't seen his content, we ran in the pre-roll. It was a 19 minute breakdown of just an empire. Stronghold's beginning strat and I say just because it's just the opening of the game and anyone that can sit there and talk about opening strats for 20 minutes I had to get you on the show man yeah man I mean there's there's so much going on I had to dive into every perspective and I love that I was able to do that with theater mode that was uh, my first attempt on theater and, and it's so difficult to do it on the fly like to control theater I wish you could you know zoom into each POV but I realized if I pre-record the theater in advance then I can right. come into each one of the videos all I got to do is smash the space bar and it's it's super easy to go through but, right I want to yeah, talk man, it's exciting stuff I want to talk about how you make your videos for sure man it is it's exciting as hell man and we're going to talk about a lot of stuff I mean we got to get on site here eventually, but we could talk Halo for hours. So, so first <laughs> oh, things sure. first, you know, let's talk a little bit about your background because big on Smash, yeah. big on Gears, big on Halo. So take it away. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Alexander Hope, 26 years old, born and raised in Toronto. Uh, my passion is gaming and esports. I've been playing video games since I was a child. Uh, so much so it was an addiction. Honestly, it, it took over so gaming much addiction, of my life. And it, it, oh, <laughs> hell yeah, dude. And, and it, it, you know, I have a whole a story. I don't know how much of a spiel I want to get into, but it got to the point where I was 21 years old and I had no future goals, aspirations, and I was just stuck in this bubble where I, you know, I played video games. I had a girlfriend. I felt comfortable and everything kind of collapsed uh, all at the same time. And I realized that the gaming the way that I was wasn't productive for my life and it wasn't helping me. So I dropped everything. Uh, it was Gears 3 I was playing at the time too. I, I snapped my disc in half mm. and I, I stopped playing games. 
And uh, I joined student groups in my university and I practiced public speaking and I learned so much in the realm of public speaking. And I realized gaming is my passion. I just need right. to know how to talk about games. So I was able to come back to that with a background in communication. And uh, the first area that I jumped into is Smash Bros. Melee. Uh, since I was a kid, I've loved Smash Bros. Melee. That game is insane. It's full of really deep mechanics. Uh, Halo 2 was an amazing game for me growing up as well. I played that in basement lands, birthday parties. It was just, it was unbelievable. And as we know, Halo 2 is full of amazing mechanics as well. Right. And Gears of War has wall bouncing. So I've always been obsessed with that stuff. Um, and, and yeah, I know I got into casting for Smash Bros, hosting. Uh, and then I came across Halo 5 when it came out and I was just completely taken by the, uh, the movement mechanics and how deep the game actually was. And I, I grinded it out and I realized that I want to talk about Halo. And I recognize that Halo, as we all know, as a community is just shrouded in pessimism. There's, there's, uh, you know, so many people who At are times, upset yeah. with, the, with Halo. Yeah, I, you know, overall. And, and I recognize that Halo 5, despite the issues that it has, there's a lot of great factors about it that, that nobody's talking about. Nobody's really championing right. Halo 5 and the aspects of it that deserve the recognition. So yeah. I took it upon myself to go for it. And, uh, and thankfully I had some experience from some other projects I've been working on up till this point. Uh, and yeah, it's been great so far. I love that, man. Bring positive, po positive attitude to the table. Positivity is always great. And also combining your two passions. And I love that you talk about, you know, the struggle of breaking your disc there because there's really nothing wrong with going through that little oh, yeah. phase. I mean, I'm sure we've all broken some sort of disc at one point, whether it was just like a game that you were, you know, mad at or just a CD or something like that. We've all like had our moments. Yeah. I've broken a couple of controllers in my day. I'm not going to lie. Some of it may have been yeah. on TV. Some of it may have not. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you're going into, you know, casting you're going into hosting you, you know your your goal is one day to you know be be a main host in esports is that correct yeah yeah and i say this all the time and eventually i'm going to say it to his face but golden boy is basically my goal in esports right now right. this guy's doing amazing things uh just the, the standing up in front of an audience of hundreds thousands of people is the most amazing experience ever and i love making youtube videos and i love communicating with an online audience but there's nothing like the personal touch of being on a real live stage and interacting with people who are screaming in your face it's unbelievable yeah <laughs> and that... i've done it with smash before and uh, and to be able to replicate that in, in Halo would be amazing. I, Halo is where I want to start, but I would love to have a talk show, a high profile talk show in esports. That's my ultimate dream. And last so. last week on HTS Weekly, we were talking about bringing somebody on that you know is in love with Halo Five and the mechanics and and a lot of the good things that are part of that. And it's kind of hard to yeah. find a pro player that is doing that because they put so much time into the game. But one of the reasons right. that I love watching your content is you bring the excitement out of it. You bring the things that need to be talked about, the things that I do when I break down a film are the same thought processes that you have when you go through it. And then also the way that you break down your videos is very in depth, but like you said, you went and you took the theater mode and you took those angles. So how did it start for you? When did you start, you know, creating videos and what brought you to the point now where you wanted to create Halo 5 videos on a consistent basis? Cause you were doing two videos a week and now you're doing it slowing down just a little bit, but hiring the production value and the thought process in there and one a week. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think the biggest identifying factor for me was exactly a year ago, I, I received my first job in esports. So my first paid job, I had been doing a lot of voluntary commentary up until that point, jumping in on uh, local Smash Bros events right. and trying to commentate. Uh, this opportunity was an opportunity with Cineplex World Gaming. They had an esports show where we just talk about all esports in a traditional sense, and you sit around a table, three people uh, were able to be hosts for this show, and you had to go through a long application process. And thankfully I made it, and I was one of the three hosts. I was an analyst on the show. And uh, we needed content for the show. And I had this idea to do a segment called Game Changer. And Game Changer was uh, where I would take a clip from a game and I would break it down standing beside a TV. And the first one that I did was for Smash Melee. And then I ended mm -hmm. up applying that, that to one. Overwatch. 
and yeah, thank you. And that was actually the one uh, that was a future one that I did, but that one really uh, lifted off. But I, I applied it to Overwatch, to League of Legends, to Counter Strike, to Street Fighter, to anything I could. And obviously, my knowledge varies on these games, and I'd have to have like a correspondent to help me out. But exactly. I realized I got a knack for this stuff uh, for analyzing, you know, standing beside the TV and breaking things down at a high speed, but also being concise and, and understandable for viewers, uh, and giving you know the energy, like you said, the energy that people are looking for. Uh, so I picked up a skill there, and and unfortunately the show got canned. Uh, it didn't make it to season two. It just wasn't very popular, and that's it's so tough to make a, a popular esports show in this right. day and age. It seems like all of the the people who are gaining the clout are the individuals, right? Like the ninjas of, of the the community who are right. You know, all they do is just stream, and they get a massive community. Um, so yeah, it, I I realized I. I picked up that skill set. I, I needed to find a way to continue to apply it in my own work. And uh, and I realized Halo was the best place to do that. And all I had to do was sit in front of my green screen. And I've had this set up for two years. I just never really took advantage of it until the last four months. I, I, I thankfully gained those skills in the last show that helped me get there. So what got you into Halo 5 specifically? When did you start playing? Was it right when the game came out? And you know, yeah. what, what tournaments have you attended that made you kind of pick up uh, the level of strategy that you're able to break down. Where were your learning points coming from? Right. Uh, in Halo 5, I have attended zero tournaments, and I would love to. Oh, well, it's zero tournaments outside of Canada. I've attended EGLX, which is not really a notable tournament. So Correct, yeah. uh, I'm more, more of a, a lurker on Twitch.tv. I watch the hell out of all the pro players, and I, I analyze, and I, I you know try to grow off of that. But um, I, I took a bit of a hiatus from Halo, as I'm sure a lot of people did. Uh, I didn't play Reach very much. I didn't play 4 very much. I, I played a bit of 3, but I was taken by Gears of War. And Gears of War really took all my attention. Right. And I grinded that. And uh, as I was waiting for Gears 4, Halo 5 came out. And Halo 5, like I said, it was just I recognized all these crazy mechanics. And I would watch players online, and I'd be so just excited by that. So I decided to... Halo 5 was probably the reason why I, I have the setup that I have. I have a BenQ monitor. I have an Astro headset. I have a scuff controller. Like, I didn't buy yeah, yeah. any of those peripherals until I recognized shit, like, or, sorry about the swearing, yeah, I don't know. If say whatever you want, man. But I, yeah, I need, you know, I need paddles on my controllers to do this, so I, I had to buy into right. the peripherals. How many I, paddles are I you rocking right now? On the, on I'm the rocking back. all four, man. All four? Got a very You're specific nuts. setup. Yeah. All right, what's your setup? Let's uh, see this, because I'm only rocking thrust my... in the back. Oh, you need it all, dude, you need it all? Okay, <laughs> all right, so... So we're going to go through the mechanics. We're, we're going to talk mechanics a little bit later, too, which I'm really excited about. So we, we can almost lead into this conversation with your controller on, on why that is. It could be a good segue. Sure. Uh, um, go ahead. Yeah, so I adapted this from my background in Smash Bros. But basically something that I realized about mastering tech skill in Smash Bros. is you want to split difficult tactical processes between your two hands, basically. Like try right. to prioritize the way that you're using your hands so that you can make it easier for you to build a muscle memory. Right. Uh, so the way that I've done it is everything that's movement focused in this game is done on my left hand. So I've got my, obviously I'm on bumper jumper, so I'm moving on my left stick, crouching with my left stick, jumping with the left right. bumper, and then my two paddles on the left side, my inner paddle is my sprint, and my outer and paddle is my thrust. Right. Right? So Smart. everything that I'm doing that's related to movement is all on my left hand. There's not a single action related to movement that's on As my right hand. As it should be. Yeah. The only other, sure, yeah. And the, the only other thing is that my left trigger is throw nades. Okay, so what's on, on the, the right side, what's on the right, yeah. Yeah, on the right inner paddle, I have Y button to YY. On the okay. right outer paddle, I've got my B button to reload. And then I've got my melee on my bumper, and I've got my right stick to aim, and I click down the stick to, to, mm -hmm. to you know, down sights and shoot with the trigger. And that's it. So shooting is on the right, uh, moving is on the left, and it's it's made it so much easier for me to, to you know, grasp the movement mechanics. And right. at this point, I'd say, I've you know, I've mastered everything except, you know, the spring jump, which is very, very difficult. Spring jump's tough. But, uh, spring jump, that's really tough. tough. 
Uh, I have, I have a hard time. I have a hard time just gripping controller too difficult uh, or too, too hard, you know. And Tightly. all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden, next thing I know, like I'm pressing buttons that I don't want to press. So for me, I only have thrust on one side. I feel like that's all I need. Uh, I have obviously the same setup that you do with the bumper jumper. If you're not playing bumper jumper, I don't know how you survive. Like I don't know how Snipe Down's been able to play boxer and get away with claw. it for so long. Yeah, claw. Claw, claw is the only way, but still clawing is extremely difficult. I still don't even know how people claw. But well, when we're I want to I want to go into the mechanics conversation because I think that's that's huge and yeah. I think that you're spot on with your Smash background and your Gears background because you go and you look at that's why people love Smash Brothers so much because there's so many different options and there's it so is. many different outplays that you can have and then no matter what the Smash is too and no matter what game comes out they're still gonna figure it out and there's and, and they're not really um, complaining about it either they just kind of adapt and that's the mentality of the fighting game community is it just get good and adapt no matter what the scenario well, is no matter how powerful somebody is um, which I love about that but good. So Smash Bros. Melee is a phenomenon, right? Like Smash Bros. Melee never dies. No matter what comes out, Melee still exists. It's, it's frigging insane. It makes no sense. Well, it makes sense. The game's unbelievable. But uh, it came out in 2001, and it is still one of the top fighting games in the entire world. And it's been 17 years, and it's still up there. And that's because the game is so deep and so technical, and it's it's ridiculous. Like people are still, I wouldn't say still finding out things, but in the last five years, they've still found new things, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that as far as uh, Halo mechanics goes, there are parallels between Halo mechanics and Smash mechanics. And that's one of the main reasons that, that got me there. But you were saying mechanics is one of the things that really draws people to games. If you, if you look back in the history of Halo and you think, what is your favorite Halo title? And I know a lot of people say Halo 3, but mm -hmm. a lot of people, including myself, will also say Halo 2 right. is their favorite Halo title. Halo 2 is amazing, okay? And, and one of the main reasons why Halo 2 is amazing is because of those deep mechanics. And these mechanics were necessary mechanics. Like these separate a new player from an advanced player if you didn't know how to bxr if you didn't know how to bxb who are you you're a nobody you know what yeah. i mean like they, you'll get messed up uh and the, the double shot with the br was super crucial too maybe not as necessary but if you knew how to do it it was what separated the highest level teams from the high level teams, exactly right and and they required very difficult inputs and precise timings if you bxr and you press the x button too fast out of the melee you cancel your melee before the melee actually comes right. out so you do no damage and you screw yourself or you someone BXR else is bxring you you need to be have a better yeah. bxr so it has to be like the It'd perfect be faster timing. yeah exactly faster but not too fast and if you're too slow then the other guy could be faster so it's like there's a whole depth to the the interplay there right and then uh, the double shot with the br if you can yy fast you can keep double shotting your br doesn't choke right so that was so amazing. And it's funny because now we get to Halo 5 and everybody loves to complain about how, you know, you can fly across the map and it's all BS, it's BS and whatever. Uh, and I get that, you know, from a from a shooting mechanics perspective, the game doesn't really have that much in regards to mechanics. Like there is no BXR, there's no BXB. Uh, shooting is just shooting, right? Like you've got a nice shot, you can, you know how to, how to make that work, but there is so much depth in the movement side of things. Yeah, it's like the is. exact same thing. And the only, the only really... thing that's lacking is really strafing. Um, I think that the previous strafes may have been a, a little bit better. And then yeah, we talked about this, that the, the maps is really the big thing when it comes down to this is if the maps were just a little bit bigger because um, the amount of standoffs that would happen in competitive Halo 5 or just um, the amount of you know overtimes that would happen in Fathom CTF, which was the reason it was removed. Those are the type of things that just need a little bit of tweaking, whether it's just moving the flag or whatever it is. But I know you got a list of Halo 5 mechanics that you're stoked about. And uh, if you guys haven't watched the original video that was playing on the pre-roll, again, it was an Umpire Strongholds breakdown. And just within the first couple of minutes, he talks about a handful of different mechanics. And you know a couple of them I'm sure you're going to list right here. So go ahead. 
Yeah, and just as you were saying, though, like from a strategic perspective, Halo 5 is complex and harder to follow. And it's not as much of a setup-style gameplay as you'd recognize in the classic Halos. It is more momentum-based and collapsing and rotating, and mm. it's very fast-paced. But anyway, like you were saying, uh, mechanics-wise, so I've, I've split this up. I've gotten 100% nerd mode here, okay? We've got, I've split it to core uh, mechanics. These are things that you have to know. If you don't know this stuff, then you will you can't be a pro. Uh, mm -hmm. There's animation canceling, then I've got advanced, and then I've got the new meta tech, stuff that really only Splice players have been taking advantage of. It I thought there was going to be three here. categories. There's four, ladies and gentlemen. We have four <laughs> different categories. Okay. okay. Break them down. I don't know how Break much time down. I got. Uh, right, we, got so core, we got 15 so... minutes. Let's go. <laughs> so for core, you got crouch jump. And the crouch jump has been in every Halo. We understand that's important. You lift mm -hmm. your legs up. You can jump up higher surfaces. In classic Halo, that was the difference between making your jump and not making your jump. In this game, it's the difference between having faster momentum and you know stopping your momentum by clambering instead, right? Right. Uh, Crouch jump, sure. It also raises the peak height in your jump so you can grab higher uh, you know, surfaces. The slide jump is another jump as well that's actually necessary. So slide jump, it doesn't really get you very much farther, but it maintains your momentum. And if you mm -hmm. jump out of a slide, your reticle instantly pops up so you can fire a shot. If you jump out of a sprint, then you have a fat-ass reticle and you can't mm -hmm. shoot anybody conveniently. So you want to slide jump so you instantly bring up the reticle. Uh, thrust slide. Everybody knows that a thrust slide, it's a core mechanic. It gets you, propels you across the map. You burn an earlier thrust, you bring up your weapon earlier to fire some shots and get across the map quickly uh, but the thrust slide you could be punished super hard you got to be aware of the ground in front of you you can't just thrust slide from basement through basement window and grab the camo there's like a turd on the floor or something that you know, like a lip that you're right. going to bounce off of it's going to interrupt your thrust slide and you'll fall the trenches so you have to be not sure what maps you're it. playing who's not picking up the poop <laughs> on the map but sorry basement window on, the, on rig it's not it's just a lip on the floor i'm just trying to be funny uh, no i get you i get you <laughs> Uh, and then you got the stabilized jump, and the stabilized jump is yep. going to take you slightly higher than a crouch jump. And if you activate it out of a sprint, you're going to go slightly higher than that. So you got to know the areas where you want to go for a stabilized jump. These right. are core. If you can't do any of those things, then you're a nobody. Okay. Animation canceling. Now we talked about animation canceling in Halo 2. That happens all the time. When you're doing a BXR, you're canceling your right. your melee with a, a reload animation so that you can shoot. You're canceling your reload animation with a shot. In this, you've got YY, and YY doesn't affect the speed that you can shoot, but it affects the speed that you can sprint. If you toss a nade and press the Y button instantaneously after you press the Y button, you can sprint again. So knowing that, you could just sprint around maps and toss nades and be way faster. You can also nade clamber, meaning that you can toss a nade, cancel it in a, a nade animation with a clamber to get up mm -hmm. to serve more quickly and those are you know animation cancels that you need to know right for advanced these are advanced mechanics that players are using and that the higher level players have mastered the super jump right so thrust slide jump hold crouch activate stabilize and then mash crouch and you can maintain that peak height and then clamber right. up you can also thrust and i've called it thrust land but you can thrust slide out of the sky land like thrust and then Keep chain that into a slide the moment you hit the floor and then you can do a thrust slide or you can do a super jump out of the air right you'll see frosty do that on refuge when he spawns every time he spawns he thrust slides off that podium to get up to the bridge to go to ring two in a matter of seconds right uh you've got slide jumping down slopes which not many people do and it's inconsistent i see shots you go for it sometimes yeah. but if you time a slide perfectly at the peak of a slope and jump you can get slightly more distance there's and then you have the the really tough ones that, that you only see in certain instances the thrust jump where if you combine a thrust against a slope surface you'll fly up it like truth p1 to p2 mm -hmm. you'll fly from p1 to p2 if you time a perfect thrust and you have kneecapping and the popular kneecap was uh, fathom to get to top mid you would bank your shins by thrusting up against that that you know ramp on fathom right. and fly up to top mid right and there's two different types of kneecaps and there's there's applications of kneecaps that people aren't using like they, i have fans on my channel that are sending me clips 
of jumps I've never seen, but I saw a guy get from rig uh, engine one to the engine two, like the Whitehall section, instead of using a super jump or thrusting off the wall, he just kneecapped, like he slide jumped into the wall and somehow chained that, like he just went straight up and clambered up. He had, he, no, he used no thrust whatsoever, which people are still finding new ways to apply kneecaps. Um, Okay, and then we have new meta tech, and new meta tech is what oh, Shotzi is taking one. advantage here of. Here we go. Here we go. And and what I've what I've been preaching about in my videos, the spring jump. Okay, and everybody knows the spring jump exists. It's been in other Halos before, mm -hmm. but nobody has used it with a level of consistency that Shotzi has ever had. He's spring jumping whenever he wants to. Ninety nine percent of the time, I rarely see him miss a spring jump, and the result is that he moves around the map faster, quieter. He's off radar, right? right. And and. He can do other things at the same time. He could toss nades and nade clamber up easily because he gets so much height from every spring jump. And then you can combine the spring into a thrust. And if you spring thrust, you can basically do a super jump from a standstill point. You know, you no longer need a runway. So the application of that is insane. And like I like actually, yeah, we showed it at the beginning. Like you saw, he jumped from like a standstill point back up to top yellow to right. apply pressure once again onto yard, which is nuts. Like the way that you could chain that is insane. And, yeah. and only really Shotzi's doing that. Like you, Snipe Down, for example, amazing player, top 10, maybe even top five, like easily one of the top players in the game. When does Snipe Down go for a spring thrust to get to top yellow? You just don't really, you don't see it interestingly That's... enough from some of these top players. And yeah. you wonder why, right? Well, the uh, thing is, is what you're talking Oh, there's more. There's more. One more. It's the last one. Uh, okay. A lot of players are clambering up and then immediately dropping back down from the clamber, but mm -hmm. specifically doing it so that they can clamber right back up once again. So it's like a fake out mechanic right, right. where they're they're playing with the ledge. But that's that's essentially it. I'll close my. I love the list. <laughs> so all the stuff that you talked about, you know, and you, and you see a lot of people not doing that is because a lot of people still aren't putting in that individual time of just running around the map and having fun with that type of stuff. And that's what you used to do. Remember when you're talking about the BXR and the double yeah. shot and all those type of things? That's what makes a great Halo game great. And that's one of the really great highlights in Halo 5 that the, you know, not a big fan of the Spartan Charge and Ground Pound, so I'm really glad that those things were taken out. But I do like auto stabilize. I do like thrust. I think that there could be places for that sprint. The conversation is still up for grabs for all that type of stuff. But you do see a lot of awesome things being implemented. But those type of things have to take tons and tons of hours of practice. And once you master it, you know it doesn't look like anything to the average viewer. But to someone that plays the game and is looking for something to get their game to the next level, those are the things that are going to separate you because you've already talked about this numerous times. This game is fast-paced, and if you can cut a couple of angles, if you can get to some place that another player is timing in their head how long it's going to take you to get to there, then that's mm -hmm. where you get that advantage from, especially when we're talking about at the highest level. Yeah, I know. I completely agree. And I, I think that, you know, the abilities in this game at first glance, it, it seems like it's a get out jail free card. It makes things easier. But if you really take the time with it, I'd say it adds layers. And I agree that the Spartan Charge, the ground pound, they did more than they should have. Like as far as being, you know, aggressive tools, they were, you know, they were way too much. But it was interesting how they also added to the movement mechanics in the game as well. Like you could do an extended Spartan Charge. You can do, they even discovered like a one hit Spartan Charge right after they took it out, which was right. crazy as well. And anyway, uh, yeah. And, and whether or not sprint is viable is an interesting interesting aspect too because i find that because there's so many mechanics in this game it's somewhat overwhelming for a new player and you're forced to either buy into the peripherals or claw your controller just to do mechanics that are so you know important uh so i'm wondering if there's a way to evolve the franchise while removing sprint and without removing all the other abilities and having it kind of uh, progress forward to be interesting maybe maybe adding elements of you know halo 2 style mechanics like bxr style things or bx yeah. or whatever
All the movement uh, yeah, mechanics it, that you mentioned are amazing. And and like you said, it would be cool to start thinking about in, in this processing phase of getting together for Halo Infinite what that would look like yeah. to now have yeah. you know weapon glitches or whatever you want to call them because I don't like the word glitches so much because some things get patched when you use that word and people start throwing that word around too heavily. The weapon sliding in Gears of War or the original Gears of War, I love that. That was sick though. I love yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? So those are the type of things that I hope never get patched because that just added that element that we're talking about in the game. That was a movement mechanic. So if we can see, and I don't have any ideas of what it would be, would it be weird to bring back the BXR? I don't know. It would it'd actually be kind of cool. I mean, we got the Halo 1 Combat Evolved Metal coming out. To see that back, that would be you know, pretty awesome. But I think that yeah. overall, the things that you brought out in Halo 5 are you know key points that a lot of people are you know kind of missing one thing that i want to go you know back to is you know why why are you putting out this content because things are slow in, in terms of halo right now and i think it's awesome that you're doing this stuff what what kind of drives you in a, in a spot where you know it's just basically all passion combining your two passions what made you decide this what was the turning point for you i'm really curious Man, I, I don't know. I, I think I just really like the game. You know what I mean? You you end up spending all your time and energy either playing or watching a game, and then you look online and you see that your community is dying and everybody is just talking crap and they've all given up. And it's like, what the right. heck? There's content that I want to see on the internet that's not there. So really, I'd say these videos I'm making for myself, if anything, more than anybody. Like I'm, you know, I'm doing this in in and and one thing, if anybody's looking to get into it as well, it's it's not like I just sit down and I do one take and it's done. Like I will sit there and I will retake and retake and retake and retake and retake and retake until it's absolutely perfect. I've spent over an hour on the same intro, just making it like I want it to come off in this way. You know what I mean? And I know how I want it to be. So I'll, I'll redo it to get there. So if you put in the grind time and the energy and you know what, what your goal is, then you, I think you can succeed with some valuable content for people. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah. I, I guess I'm just creating content I want to see online, man. I, yeah, you know, I, I agree. I mean, change. it's the type of stuff that I want to see. So that's why I'm stoked to see it. I mean, we're talking beginning strats. We're talking, you know, intricate details of the game that people don't normally bring up. Now, um, where can people find your stuff? Where can we plug your stuff so people can go and watch you? YouTube.com slash the shyway. Uh, you could also go to Twitch, which I've just, I've done my first live stream and big shout outs to, to Frosty and Shotzi for Frosty hosting me and Shotzi playing with me. That was unbelievable. But uh, it'd be twitch.tv slash the shyway. I've got twitter.com slash the shyway. Uh, Instagram uh, slash Alexander Hope. I don't really use my Instagram too much just yet. I will. But uh, but yeah, those are the main locations, guys. Check out YouTube and, uh, and hopefully you enjoy the content. All right, guys, let's everyone in the chat, let's get a little hand round of applause over here for Shyway for all the content he's been putting out, man. Great job. Seriously, it's good yeah. guys to see that type of stuff. And um, we need like a hashtag, like get Shyway to Atlanta or something like that. Maybe get him it's, on the It's been happening. Kevin here. Cool is on it. Let's get it back, man. I want it. I, I'll, I'll put up a donation fund or something, anything I can do to get myself over to Atlanta. And and I don't. I understand that the casting lineup is stacked right now. You've got casters, and they're all very talented. I'm not saying I want to intercept that, but give me a halftime show. Stand me up beside a TV. I'll break down some gameplay, and I won't jump on anybody's toes. I'll be right there, and I'll keep the, the momentum and the energy going throughout the entire event. Like, you got nothing to lose. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and the thing is, I got that tattooed over here. If anyone's wondering, nothing to lose. So, um, hey. go, going going back to what you are actually doing, I think that a lot of that stuff is being implemented at some of the tournaments, but it could be done a lot more in detail. The problem is, is that it's really hard to go through with that flying camera and be that host on the side like you were talking about. Um, yeah. A lot of your videos that you've done, you've really done them well and we're, we're running out of little time so we can't really 
go really full into detail how you create your videos. But like you said, numerous takes happening over and over again. Um, the way that theater is broken down. If we could somehow mm -hmm. figure out just a little bit way to talk more strategy um, at these events, and we're gonna have Onset on here after this. What they've done at Gfinity is do a great job of telling the stories of the players coming in. Their most recent video yeah. on Gfinity's Twitter, I'm not sure if HTS retweeted or not, if you can just check them out at Gfinity, but um, basically talks about all different storylines going into this event. So it's great to see that stuff. We need more of this stuff. We need people talking about the strategies of games and getting people to really understand why this is a, a great game to play and why it's a great game to watch as well. So yeah. um, Shyway, it's been a pleasure, man. Any shout outs that you want to give? Man, shout out to you just for doing this. Honestly, I'm, I'm you're, you're a freaking legend in the Halo community, Thanks, and it's brother. nice to see you back. And, and I hope you keep on the grind. I hope this is these are big things from here, man. I'm, I'm excited. So let's get it. <laughs> let's get it, man. Hey, and we'll get you, we'll get you on another episode for sure. We'll talk that's more good. strategies, and uh, we'll talk our love of Halo. So you know, that's it, guys. We're gonna be right back. And uh, that was Shyway. Next up is gonna be Onset coming on. He's from Gfinity, and we're gonna be talking all things HCS London. It's gonna be kick-ass, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this short break. What is up, everyone? Hopefully you didn't miss us too much. It was a short little break. Thanks to Shyway to popping on. Next up is coming on set from Gfinity. So stoked to have him, man. HCS London is coming up this weekend, so I know he's been busting ass getting this event set up. Tons of content's been coming out. Seven days of Halo leading up to this event, and we are right around the corner. On set, can you hear me, brother? I can hear you, mate. How are you, anyway? I haven't seen your beautiful face in a while. It's good to it's good to speak to you again, man. Likewise, man. Likewise, great great having you on the show. Thank you for coming. Now, you know it's been crazy for you. I want to dive right in and talk about what you're doing at Gfinity. What's it like setting up such a massive event like this? What happens behind the scenes, man? Uh, what doesn't happen, I think, is the uh, the easy way to look at it. Um, from my perspective, um, I know you mentioned that a lot of the content that we've been putting out in the uh, in the build up to this event. Uh, myself and Lottie is obviously hosting the the event. I've been doing a lot of the content plan uh, and putting together all the scripts, uh, working with our production team to to put all of that pre-event um, content together. So it's not just casting the events and things like that and that sort of preparation. Obviously, we have to work and make sure that people want to tune in and watch these events because, like you said, um, it's all about building the hype for these events. People should want to tune in and find out what's going to happen next, much like they do in a when you watch your favorite TV shows. So uh, that's been what we've been grinding away at and putting out the content. And we're, uh, we're pretty happy with how things have gone so far. I, I'd say so. As long as you don't have Moses FPS tweeting at you up your ass, then you're doing a great job. So <laughs> you yeah, guys... He sent some love. He yeah. Sent some love. So we might 
No, you guys are doing a great job, man. Seriously. The most recent video, again, that you guys launched talking about the storylines leading up. We're going to talk about that um, coming up. But, you know, what, what's it going to be like for you guys coming in and having all of these teams all over the world playing in London? Are you, is, ever, like the, is everyone just so stoked at Gfinity to be able to host this event? Uh, everyone's so excited uh, from, you know, from the admin team right through to, you know, the head of production. Uh, every single person who's involved with this event is super excited to uh, to finally, to be honest, have these teams over. Um, you know, the European scene has been something that's kind of been self-sustaining for a while. Um, and we needed this injection of energy and, you know, that sort of aspiration that I always look at it at, to have these big teams, these big players coming over. Right. Um, it's, you know, players the opportunity to play against them, to watch them, to, as I say, aspire to be like them. And I think it's been a long time coming. Everyone's super pumped about it, uh, including myself, as you can probably tell. So, uh, yeah, I I'm just looking forward to this week now. And the fans, man, the fans got to be absolutely stoked. I know when I came over there for what, it was like 2011, I, I want to say the EGL5, just the amount of love, the, yeah, Blackpool, the passion <laughs> that these fans had, man, they were just so just loving really embracing there's so many different adjectives that you can go go behind what's it going to be like for these guys and what's the stadium set up like at gfinity how is it all set up for the main stage and all that well we it's set up in a uh, theater type uh sort of complex so we have a capacity of around 200 people in there uh it's the most comfy place you'll ever watch esports in your life it's like leather seats they're huge it's it's unbelievable um, but talking about the passion of the spectators, I mean, the spectator pass is sold out so quickly for this event. I mean, we've had none left. It, it just like you said, uh, European Halo fans have always been passionate. Um, you've just got to think what we have to, you know, what we have to go through uh, every time there's a North American event. We have to stay right. up till four or five in the morning to catch the finals, then get up and go to work the next day. So we're not averse to, you know, putting in the work to, to make sure that we're watching our Halo. That's true. So you uh, you obviously were completely up to date with all the 2Ks, what was happening in NOLA. I'm going to have to get your input when we go into pool play a little bit further down the road of you know what you think the EU teams are going to do because I know there's been a little bit of changes here and there, and I'm not completely up to date like I am on the NA team. So let's go ahead and take a look at those pools and just talk through those really quickly. And you'll see that the top six NA teams were invited out there, but one of the teams that you're not going to see on there that's going to be a killer in this pool is going to be Elevate. But let's go through these EU teams, uh, Mark, and talk through some of these guys. Okay, so we'll start off in Group A, uh, an out-cold gaming. That's uh, the likes of Cristola, Snakey coming together. A very solid team. Um, Snipe Drones on that team as well, so there's some big names on that team. However, it's a recently formed team, and I'm looking at that 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 berserker esports team in that bracket as well as play i mean we can kind of say you know splice are going to be the favorites right everything everyone knows now but berserker esports the way that they played back in new orleans was so so impressive and i'm a bit advocate of of latin america halo at the moment because looking at where they came from in 2016 worlds where to be honest they it almost feels like they shouldn't have been there at that point if you're looking at the quality of the halo to go from where they are from where they were then to where they right. are now which eight placement at an international event those guys i take my hat off to the absolutely insane progress from those guys no doubt i mean group a all these groups are going to be extremely tough because you don't know where the group of death is going to fall in when some of these top am teams start to fall so it's really scary for 
either one of these groups. And that's why having that top four seed is so important for the splice, for talks, for reciprocity, for renegades. Because if you're in any one of these situations, like we're talking about here, like Accelerate or Trifecta, Lucid, and Snipe Drone team that you were just going over, that's not the position that you want to be. So you're going to have to come out and either try to beat the team that's in the first seed or you're going to have to just cling on for dear life and make sure that you set that first series out of the way and get that wind under your belt so you don't face that open team down the road. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these teams are going to have a long road ahead of them. I mean, I'm looking at Group B there and Radiant Esports. That's Jimbo's team at the moment. Uh, that's Jimbo, uh, Moe's, um, Jimbo, Moe's, uh, Riots, and Lunny. And imagine if Elevate get put in that group. I mean, you have Tox, Accelerate, and Elevate. I mean, that's going to talk about a group of death. I mean, that's the, one of the toughest groups I think we've probably had no throughout doubt. the history there. So, I mean, that's tough. Uh, Lucid, obviously, they're the number one seed for Europe at the moment. That's uh, Two Foxy, uh, Respectful, Kimbo, and SLG. They're very, very talented team. And I really want to see them make a big run at this event with the crowd behind them. I think they've got a super nice group as well. I mean, you're looking at Atletico in there with Renegades. It's a tough group. Every single group's a tough one, but they've got a really good opportunity of making a good run in this tournament. So who's going to be the, the best EU team when it comes down to it? Do you think it's going to be Lucid Gaming? Do you think it's going to be that squad right there? And do you think that that's the team that can potentially make, what, a top six run, a top four run? What's the performance expectations for a team on EU soil right here? Um, I think Lucid are most definitely the top European seed at the moment. They've got the most individual skill, the most talent. Um, I've been a big fan of adding SLG to that lineup. Obviously, after Worlds, they dropped Moe's, they dropped Jimbo, and they picked up SLG and 2Foxy. Um, SLG has always been one of the most talented players in Europe. Um, and I think adding 2Foxy to the to the lineup, they added it for that leadership and, and things like that. But I think he has to really prove himself at this tournament. I think he's got a big, uh, a big tournament ahead of him. I feel if he doesn't perform this tournament, I worry for him a little bit, but I know I used to team with him back in the day. That Blackpool event that you were talking about, I was teaming with Two Foxy back then, so I know. Oh, you played in that event, do. dude? I played in that event. I got top four. Yeah, top, top four? four. We didn't play. You. Yeah, you didn't, we didn't play you. Uh, there was only five teams, so no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> there was a lot of teams. There, there was a lot of teams. Yeah. That was that was a good event. But yeah, go ahead. So so Two Foxy's your your go-to player he, to watch. You think the most pressure is on watch. him leading into leading He's, into this? He needs to put in a big performance for me at this event. Um, and if he does, I think those other players they'll step it up and and they'll do what they've been doing for the, the majority of Halo Five. So I'm super excited to see them. I want to see them playing with a crowd behind them as well. Because it's quite strange when I watch them when we go to these North American events and we're sat there and Lucid play. It almost feels like they're in their own little bubble. It's like, right. oh, we're playing the EU. And it's kind of like, now you're going to come over and it's going to be like, the crowd are going to be like, now you're playing Lucid. And I really want the crowd to be getting behind these guys and giving them the support. So That's what I'm wondering. They... That's, that's what I'm wondering. So what happens, you know, what, what's the majority? Do you know in EU how the fan split is? Like, is a lot of, you know, people hopping on the splice bandwagon because they've been winning? Or are they, you know, talks fans because of the dominance, uh, you know, year and a half, two year span that they had? What, what's the vibe over there? What was everyone just hardcore fans of their teams in eu or are they some you know na fans as well i just think that everyone's just a fan of the best halo they can see i think everyone's right. just super excited to see the likes of splice to see the likes of tox um doing their thing live um i think the crowd will be behind lucid when they're playing uh i would be surprised if they weren't it'd be a bit harsh if they weren't if they were finally playing in europe and they started getting getting on their backs a little bit but um i'm expecting the crowd to just be i'm expecting it to be really lively I think we all of the events we've had over here, the crowd have always been loud and proud. So I'm hoping that we have more of the same this time in Europe, and I hope they bring the hype. 
$135,000 up for grabs. Gfinity running this event. You're going to be casting on there. For you, when you're when you're sitting there and casting, who is your favorite like duo to go up and cast with? I'm curious. You know, besides besides me when we, we had our moments, but um, you know, there's going to be so many awesome people on here and what do you think of shyway do you think that shyway can get his chance if because you're you're a little bit in charge over at, at gfinity as sometimes you have him a little bit of pull over there you think shyway has a chance maybe to make it into the scene somehow the the, the one piece of advice that i would always give to anyone who's trying to get into uh casting halo commentating halo being an analyst for halo is to put the work in and do stuff off your own back because that's how i got my opportunity um exactly you know I, did, I started casting online. I started casting uh, the Pro League when it wasn't broadcast by ESL back in the day. The second day, I started doing that off my own back. And it's a lot of hard work. But I always feel like if you put the hard work in, it sets you up really well for when you do get the opportunities because you're used to putting in that hard work. It drives you to be better right. at what you do. So, But as as far as my favorite person to commentate with, and again, we'll take you out of the conversation, Tom, because it's just not fair on everyone else. Um, but it has to be, at the moment, Bravo. I mean, me and him have kind of struck up a bit of a, a duo partnership over the, uh, the last wow, few Wow, shots fired at the EU casters, man. Hey, wow. I can't say Wonderboy because, you know, he's he's observing at the moment. I was so. setting him up for it. I was That was a Wonderboy question. <laughs> you're breaking my heart. I'm trying not to think about it, Tom, and you're breaking my heart doing this. Come on, man. No, no, Bravo's great, man. It's, it's great that he continues to cast at such a high level and, and breaks things down. So I want to go back and talk a little bit about New Orleans. Um, obviously, it was the first event that we had Gears of War and Halo under the same roof. That was great to see. And then Gfinity coming up, just going to be a separate Halo event, but it's going to be stacked with tons of energy. 200 people in the crowd going to be watching. All the top teams going to be there. Let's look at the placings from the last event in case people are wondering what the actual breakdown was, 1 through 8. Um, actually, we have all top 12 on there for you guys. And that was the prize pool as well. You could see Splice taking $100,000. Tox second with 50000 Renegades there with thirty-five. Trifecta with the epic, epic loser's bracket run. Then you have Hitman, which is no longer Hitman, and you have Reciprocity, Berserker right there, like you were talking about, that surprise 7th, 8th, Elevate, Strip and Funk 4, Lux, and then Lucid. So Lucid, you know, pretty disappointing performance coming in from them. You saw Renegades in their third place. They are definitely a team that you have to watch out for, Mark. I mean, in this event right here, with, again, so much being different here with the NA teams flying over. You don't know who's going to get jet lag. You don't know who from EU is going to step it up. Maybe it's going to be too foxy in that Lucid squad. But do you have any idea of which NA team could possibly come in and upset? Because I'm looking out for a team maybe like Renegades or Reciprocity to kind of make their way up into those finals because it's been Splice and Tox going at it for a while now. I was super impressed uh, with Renegades at nola um as soon as i saw that lineup put together you know you just see certain types of player that you just know will work well together put into a lineup on paper i just thought this lineup is going to cause upsets they they would take it they took tox right the way to the to the limit and they almost beat those in the in the winner's bracket as well uh, it was just one game that they missed out but the way that they were playing was super aggressive and super right. impressive um, you know you had apg flying at people and i always love when you have a player like APG and then you have a player like Neptune in the same team, because Neptune's job is to just look at APG and keep APG alive. Right. And if he does that, APG is just going to cause so many problems to the opposition. You have Penguin, Mikwin. I mean, I, I've always loved this lineup. I just feel like it's balanced really well. 
And I feel like it would be absolutely no surprise if they burst into that top two and found themselves in a final. Every team has such an interesting play style because you're right. You have APG, who's extremely aggressive. You have Penguin. You have Mikwin, who's going to sit there. Everyone is just going to do tons of damage. And not only that, they're adding tons of pressure. And that's what you see these top teams consistently doing. When you watch Splice, they just consistently fly at you. They're just constantly rotating. When you watch Talks, that's exactly what they're doing. Collapsing is the key. Just getting control of the spawns and knowing and predicting where the enemy is going to go. And just basically chokeholding them into a certain area and then just redoing it over and over again. So I look at Reciprocity as, again, another team that you have to look out for because of that same reason. Every team having their own individual play style, Reciprocity is a little bit slower. You have Snipe down on the team who yeah. likes to really set up. He's never been one to consistently fly. Yes, he always plays up to insane standards come event time, you know, halfway through the event. Day one of the event, day two of the event, always top in the kills and deaths. Always killing it right there. But for some reason, when it comes to playing teams that aren't to their skill level, maybe, that's when they seem to struggle. Have you noticed that as well? Yeah, I was uh, very disappointed with the way that Reciprocity played back in New Orleans. I was, again, excited when I saw this lineup put together, but it was some of the most inefficient top-level Halo 5 that I'd seen. You'd see them outslaying their opponents every single game and just just not getting it done. It was as simple as that. You know, they'd win some Slayers, but the objective games they were really struggling in. And you can kind of see why. You know, you've got the likes of Snipe Down, you've got the likes of Saiyan, you've got the likes of Trippy. I mean, a lot of pressure falls onto the shoulders of Pistola being an aggressive player on that team. And I just feel like someone has to kind of, I don't know, take the uh, take a few deaths for the yeah, team a little no. bit to create opportunities on that team. Because a thousand percent. they've got such insane individual talent, but it's, it's all fine getting, I always say this, it's all fine getting a thousand kills on your side of the map, but you're not going to win games doing that. You have to get the kills on the opposition side of the map. And I think it's one thing they've really struggled with. And I think that if one person kind of just takes that takes that role and says, you know what, I'm just going to be flying at people because you've got the place to keep you alive. It's like I was saying with the duos of of, of, uh, of Neptune right. and APG, he's going to fly because he knows his Neptune's watching him. So he can challenge some battles he wouldn't. Someone just needs to take that because you've got the likes of Sane, you've got the likes of Snipe Down, the two of the best players at keeping other players alive on their team. Just take the risk a little bit. They've got to risk it a little bit. It's not that bad of a problem to have. Overslaying and you know completely demolishing the other team is probably like the best problem that you could have. So it's yeah. something that is very easily fixable. Like you said, just someone needs to volunteer and say, "All right, you know, I'm gonna be ball bitch." That is basically what it comes down to. Sometimes you just gotta have someone sit there and say i'm gonna be the one that's gonna do all of the dirty work and unless you have that mentality and all four people have that mentality you're kind of gonna struggle maybe one person can sit back and be like all right i'm gonna be the slayer and if that's the case you look at the top players on that team you say okay snipe down you do work but if snipe down is a little off and pistol is on then it has to be someone else that goes and steps up and says all right now it's my turn to go and do that objective and unless they all have that mentality it's not going to be there. And, and one of the things that you have is you have other teams that are on the top level as well. Like we talked about in Group B. You have Accelerate, who's looking extremely strong. That's a sick lineup. You have Boobadoo, Arctic, Ace, and Demon D on that squad. And again, another very interesting play style coming from all levels. Boobadoo always extremely sneaky. Arctic, up-and-coming player that plays really fast. Ace, always methodical as well. And Demon D, an up-and-coming player that was a Halo National Champion before. So he's not really reached his peak yet when it comes to getting back into his live land performances. So what do you think about that squad? Do you think that that squad could potentially push into the top four because they've been really killing it in the 2Ks. 
Oh, for sure. I think this, again, it's an exciting lineup and I feel like they've been playing, it's a good mesh of players. Again, Demon D's been really impressive, pressing me recently. In New Orleans, he was, he was playing some great Halo. Um, his decision-making, again, I think it's just one of those things you don't lose. Like you mentioned previously, he's a Halo 3 national champion. This guy's won, you know, he's been at the top of the game when the game was at the top level. Right. And you don't lose that. You don't lose that ability to make a, a decision under pressure that can potentially win your team games. And you saw a lot of that. I also think that Ace is, it's a really strange theory I have about Ace here, and I might be wrong, but he went back and played a lot of MCC and he played, he was putting up sick clips and things like this. And I think it just gave him a little bit more confidence. He went Make back you better Halo at Halo 5. 5 all of a sudden? You never know. He was going back on Halo 5 and I was watching him stream and I was like, this guy's like showing some real confidence in the way he's playing. And you can just tell when someone makes a decision and they just, they don't second guess themselves at all. They just, they just go for the battle. They challenge the battle and, you know, they live and die by the consequences. And I feel like Ace is really, maybe that just a little bit of a confidence boost to remind him, you know, that he is still one of the best players in the world. No doubt. I mean, sometimes I wake up and I roll out of bed and I watch the straight open montage and that's how I start my day. And <laughs> one of the ways, one of the, one of the things that you do is, you know, if you're an old school Halo player, it brings the enjoyment back into the game. You know, Ace, he's won tournaments before in Halo Reach. He's finished top two in the finals, uh, in the final Halo 3 event that took place. So he's even placed, you know, top four numerous times in Halo 5. So it's great to just go back and get that spark, have that fun again, get a little bit more confidence. And you can definitely see that with this team. And that's what's scary is you have Boo Dubu, who's always really consistent. You have Arctic, who's an up and coming player who, again, hasn't reached his limit and then ace if he comes in with a great mentality he's having fun demon d again hasn't reached his peak yet that's a very very scary team and there's still a lot more teams to talk about i mean we're talking about also elevate too that's going to be coming out of the open bracket and then you have trifecta as well and now those are the two big rivalries you touched based on it in the gfinity video spartan yeah. versus Rhino. we had spartan and Rhino on last week and you know they're the the beef has been officially squashed it's all just you know fun in games obviously at the tournament but you know we'll see what happens when they actually play each other again at the live event because everyone can be really cool for now exactly. but if someone starts trash talking live it could get ugly so i'm really looking forward to see i don't want to say hey i want to see them go into group d elevate fall in group d i want elevate to fall wherever that they they may but i would really like to see that matchup again i want to see him fall in group d i don't care <laughs> i want to see that <laughs> Wait, you're telling me that if Spartan doesn't shout Ryanu, that Ryan even going to shout back? I mean, no, it's we all know happen. into a tournament of positive vibes, but that history doesn't go away. So, uh, you know, hopefully we get the next chapter in that rivalry. And, uh, you know, as long as they shake hands afterwards, I, I don't I don't care what people say on stage. As long as people, as soon as the game is done, you know, they respect each other as their opponent. And, uh, you know, as a as a colleague in the, essentially in, in the Halo Championship Series, it really doesn't affect me. I always said this in sport. When I used to play sport, I would be nasty. I would be a nasty football player. I'd be a nasty player. And then as soon as the game was finished, I would shake hands and buy the person a beer. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. It's it doesn't done matter. It's leave, leave it on the exactly. battlefield. Leave it on the battlefield. Exactly. Let's talk about those two teams a little bit more in depth, though, because Trifecta, they were the surprise team coming out. They had the early losers bracket. Um, well, I mean, long losers bracket run, but they got sent to the losers bracket fairly early. They had to win numerous matchups to go and heat up. 50-49s here, 3-2 overtimes here, you know, constant three one and three two battles what did you see from them at the event as the momentum started to progress who was really standing out to you was it just all four players or was it anybody really individually oh it's big moose and rain i mean i mean to be fair it was all of the players were making big plays but rain with that sniper rifle i mean he's 
it's just a play that no one ever talks about anymore. You've got to remember right. that Rain was playing, placing second place with Team Liquid back, at, you know, only about a year or so ago. And, you know, he did go a little bit quiet. But when you watch his POV and he picks up the snipe, I mean, it's just every single time, it's just so entertaining to watch. Um, Musa, though, is the player that I wanted to highlight because yeah. Musa, to come from where he's come from and to grind and, and find his way into this team and his ability to play under pressure in those situations was, again, I feel like it's something that you really can't teach a player. I feel like it's either, it's one of those intangibles you either have or you don't have as a player. It's so difficult to learn. So for them to find a player on that lineup who can come into those clutch situations and to get a kill in a 49-49 situation to right. win series, I mean, you don't find those every day. And to find a player like Musa who can play consistently at that level and clutch those games up, I think they've found a real diamond. Yeah, it's, again, that same play style of willingness to go and do the dirty work and you look at Ryanoob and that's what his specialty is. You know, he does it better than anyone. You go and you watch this guy run around and free up a player like Rain who can go and grab the snipe. But again, you have Musa who's bringing the energy and, you know, loved him when he was on straight. This guy has a great attitude towards the game and that really just is infectious around everybody, right? So you look at the way that this team is built and you see the communication that these guys have and the energy and the play styles that they have, that again is a really, really good team to watch out for. And the way that they were able to make that run, that's going to give them so much confidence if they find themselves in that situation again. If they find themselves even down in pool play early, they're going to be able to pull themselves out of that. If they find themselves in the loser's bracket early, they're going to find themselves being able to pull out of that. They've pulled off reverse sweeps numerous times. So all of that happening from a team that was their first event together is very surprising. So again, if, you know, I know Ryan was moving and they didn't get as much practice as they would have liked, but I think that if they're able to get anywhere close to that performance that they had again at NOLA, you're definitely looking at a top four, uh, a top four placing for them. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that top six is so tight at the moment. I still feel like Cox and Splice are slightly separating themselves. Um, but again, you know, things at this point in Halo, apart from maybe Splice being in the final, and even Tox, I just, Tox has been playing some great Halo, and I was, I, you know, I had a lot of hope for them, you know, is this going to be the tournament that they're going to come back and win one? But then we have Splice entering the 2K for the first time in weeks recently, and they just, they just brushed them aside again. And right. so it's kind of like, you get all this momentum towards an event for Tox, and, you know, they're playing some insane Halo, and in the previous two Ks, you know, you're watching Snakebite hit these crazy clips again, Frosty going off, um, Lethal playing insane Halo again. But then for Splice to just come in and almost nonchalantly, you know, win a 2K without even dropping a game to them. Yeah, it like just makes you, it everything for you. And it's like, these guys are that good that you just can't see them not being in that final again. It's, it's, it's a crazy, crazy thing. Yeah, and... It Again, they've really separated themselves. There's a reason why they went on such a good run. And then again, Splice has gone on this run with four, what, four looking for their fifth in a row. But again, I think that we're looking at a different scenario here when we're talking about flying overseas. You're going to be, you know, in a, in a different type of environment with the EU fans now, you know, yelling at you. You may not have that same comfort level. So we'll see who's going to be able to adapt. All these guys are professionals. They're going to be able to play at the highest level. The last team that we haven't really talked about yet is Elevate. And then I want to get your predictions going in. Elevate, they did not finish in the top six there. They're still going out to the event. They're coming in, though, possibly, again, a top six team. It's so hard to go out there and call what even the top eight's going to be. I think once you get around, like, that top ten, that's where you start to see a little bit more clearly yeah. where the where the teams are actually at. But you're looking at 
again, Spartan, ridiculous. L-Town, ridiculous. Sabinator, absolutely ridiculous. I, I can't remember the fourth off the top of my head, but... Okay, it's, it's, which is the player I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah go for it, I mean, go for it. In New Orleans on day number two, um, I can't remember the exact... I think it might have been the series. I can't remember exactly who it was against. It might have been Reciprocity or someone like that. Um, but Falcated was literally five in everyone. Like, it was... It became almost like I was giggling to myself every time we went on his point of view because it would literally be... It didn't matter who it was. It would just five them. And it was just... Right. You know, you know that difficult range in Halo 5, that kind of long to medium range where you kind of get knocked out of your Zoom battle sometimes? He, he would just five everyone. And I remember finishing that series and I said to Andy... Like Falcade was destroying there. And then Wonderboy came out of the back into the green room and he was like, were you watching Falcade during that? I was like, yeah. He was, everyone was just like, nobody ever talks about him and like how no. good he is. But you have to, he was on that splice lineup alongside Shotzi um, back in the day. So there's a lot of talent there. And I just feel like he's found that, comf that comfortable role on a team where he's got the likes of L-Town and Sabinator are going to be the aggressors on that team. And him and Spartan can be really comfortable now in just, you know, doing that thing of keeping their teammates alive and picking up their kills when they need to. And he's a real talent. And I mean, again, look at a player who can make plays under pressure. That double kill he got towards the end of the game uh, in on, what was it? It was on Plaza Slayer, I believe it was, with when they were on, they only could concede one more kill. I think it was 49, 48 or something, or 47. Right. And he double kill with two players pushing him on his own. Like, I think he fived the first one and hit three perfect shots after an aid in the second shows he can do it as well and i think again if they catch fire i think they're a big momentum team as well much like they are trifecta, which is why they're such an exciting team to watch play <laughs> against trifecta because they're all about momentum if they get hot at the start of this tournament then who knows they could they could end up in the top four as well no doubt and and it's again such an interesting play style when you look at everybody and still everybody getting started on this team you have spartan you have l-town two vets really in halo 5 and then you have two up-and-coming players that really are still just getting their momentum going. More tournament experience is just going to feed into these guys' confidence. They're going to continue to be able to apply, you know, the mental aspects of the game because you're right. These guys have it when it comes to their shots. The movement is there for Falcade. He has everything that he needs to go and take that game to the next level, and he has the teammates surrounding him as well. So we'll see if they can put it all together. London's going to be absolutely insane. So on set, I got to get your predictions. We'll just go top three, make it easy really quick. But um, well, let's get your top three from first down to third. Top three in order? Yeah. Do you want them in order? Oh, damn it. Uh, okay, I'm going to go with Splice number one, uh, Tox number two, and I'm going to go with Renegades number three. I was gonna, I was gonna say the same thing, but then I'm gonna have to throw in reciprocity as third, just because you said that. But I think that it could be anybody's game there. I mean, trifecta could come up and do some damage. Again, elevate could do well. You have, you know, accelerate. They're looking insane. It's gonna be one of the most exciting events of the year. Second event of the, well, basically the second to last event of the year, leading into DreamHack Atlanta as well. So, uh, on set. Any shout-outs that you want to give? First of all, thanks uh, thanks again for coming onto the show. And uh, it's it's I'm jealous that I'm not going to be there, but you know what? Hold it down for us. <laughs> I've got you, Tom. Don't worry. I'll give you the shout-outs. Uh, yeah, I just want to uh, obviously thanks to you for, for, and the guys at UGC yeah, no for having me on. Um, want to give a big shout-out to uh, Paddy, Pete, and Alex, who all work at Gfinity. They're the guys who have been putting in the insane hours into putting together all of the content uh not only for the stuff that you've seen now but the stuff we have in the show as well so 
the guys behind the scenes don't get shouted off out enough so uh, a lot of love to those guys have really put in some some crazy effort into this stuff so uh yeah keep keep killing it guys all right guys that is it for episode two of hcs weekly in the chat right now spam who you think is gonna win and i want to know who it's gonna be guys i'm gonna check it out right now who's gonna be the most popular team that you guys go ahead and say i want to know if it's gonna be an eu team i want to know if it's gonna be an na team Personally, I think it's going to be hard to go against Splice. Again, I want to see Tox and Splice play at their best Halo, but I want to see some of these top EU teams coming up and showing. I want to see the EU love, and I want to see everybody next week when we see the finals of HCS London, and we recap that as well. Big shout out to Shyway. Big shout out to Onset. We will see you guys next week. Same place, same time. Take it easy and enjoy London.